We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This is Banjing Ed or Derek C. Apollo with Jess Root from USA Today's Cards Wire. We're here to preview the big game. Rams, Cardinals, it's a rematch. Cardinals with a little more on the line. Jess, how are you today? Doing great, actually. Um, in terms of the Cardinals, it's uh, they frustrated that win. Gave us a little bit of hope. Not a lot, but it, it, it makes things actually frustrating. <laughs> the what could have been if it weren't for, if they can beat the Jags. What the heck were they doing losing to some other teams? Well, I guess that's the question here. They're 5-6. and six. Uh, There is still that slight hope of getting back into the playoff hunt. They're not done yet. What happened between the Rams' loss to now that has changed the momentum for this team? Well, the, the Rams game, they, they played as poorly, about as poorly overall as they could. They had a little bit of momentum. They lost the few. They, they missed the field goal, and things went downhill for their offensively. They had problems. Carson Palmer broke his arm. Drew Stanton came in and couldn't couldn't give any life to the offense and defensively. He couldn't stop anything. Since then, uh, it was kind of the same thing. They they bounced back and beat the 49ers. They should have beaten the Seahawks if the receivers could catch passes and if Russell Wilson weren't a magician. 
I swear that that young man, that man is a magician, a wizard out there with some of the plays that he pulls out of his, I don't know. Uh, they should have beaten Seattle. And, and then, then the Houston game was really got out of hand. They, they, they looked bad again. They made Tom Savage look great. And that, that was a problem, but then they, so they were, they'd kind of been on this streak of it's been lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one. And we thought that would continue to be the case. And I thought they would win. In, I thought they would beat Houston. I thought they'd probably lose to the Jags and would be still on this same sort of course that has been the whole season. But then they lost to Houston, go to four and six. And I didn't declare the season over, but it was kind of the case where, if, to, to take kind of a medical analogy, they they were given their their terminal prognosis that they you know they've got maybe a month to live. And so we were just fighting time until the final until the final burial um, happened. And then they then they go out and, and look actually great against Jacksonville perform playing well on offense. Actually, you know, Jacksonville's their their defense was ranked number one in overall in points and yards against the pass. They're number one in sacks, number one in turnovers. And since the trade for Marcel Darius, they had been ranked over the last four or five weeks number one against the run. And they did well at everything. They they are also the number one rushing offense, and they limited Leonard Fournette to 25 yards on 12 carries. And so it was it was the type of performance that we've been hoping to see all season. The difference right now has been, um, well, the, Blaine Gabbert. I mean, Blaine Gabbert starting and has looked goodish, at least promising. Nothing like that he really nothing like that he any of the starts that he's had on a consistent basis in in San Francisco, in Jacksonville. In fact, the he's got five touchdown passes in two games. Yeah, he's thrown some fourth-quarter interceptions, but you look at kind of some statistics there. He threw multiple touchdown passes in consecutive games only for the second time in his entire career, and the last time he did was his rookie year in 2011, and he managed to do that in his first two starts for the Cardinals. So Blaine Gabbert is showing a little bit of promise. Injuries are still an issue. DJ Humphreys is done for the season. Tyvon Branch at safety is done for the season. At safety, they've, they've added Buda Baker, who, who's been his first game in Houston was better than any any entire game of Tyvon Branch's career. He had a dozen tackles. He had a, a he had a sack, two forced fumbles, a full recovery, had defended a pass. He then still playing the special teams, had a special teams tackle and helped down a ball, uh, down a punt inside the, the two-yard line. It's been, it, it looked like things were going to get out of hand and then things sort of got together, and it's just given us just a little bit of hope for, and it's going to take a miracle, honestly, it's going to take a miracle, but um, the situation they're in right now, they're two games behind the number six. They're currently ranked number 12 in the, in the NFC, but there's four teams that are five and six right now. They're two games back of the six seed. They're two games back of Seattle in the division for number two, three back of the, of the Rams, but things potentially gets interesting should they come up with a win this week they even the record the six and six they they pull within two of la potentially with seattle playing against the eagles they could pull within a game of seattle and then you've got four games to kind of figure things out and and the schedule following the rams game looks actually really kind of favorable up until that week 17 game in seattle because they face tennessee at home a winnable game Tennessee is is up and down, so you don't know what you're going to get. So the Cardinals the same, but then they travel to play Washington, who's been in the same boat the Cardinals in, and they play the Giants on Christmas Eve at home, a team that should beat 
and then you play in Seattle where the Cardinals have had success. So, you know, if they win this week, things go from going from that terminal prognosis where they were just waiting time. It, we're just waiting till the day comes there. There's suddenly a little bit of a miracle treatment that could happen that we're, that we're still not sure of, but actually is and in the cards if they win. All right. So there's a couple of questions I have for you. Just, just listening to everything you have to say there. But first let me go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors over at the golden Ram barbershop. They're at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California, 92683. Give Sal Martinez a call at 714-894-7267. Make an appointment with him. Go into the shrine of a barbershop. And what I mean by shrine is he opened this barbershop the day the Rams left. They left. He opens a shop. He puts all kinds of Rams memorabilia. We're talking Everything from jerseys to helmets to autographs to newspapers, you name it, he's got it. It's a great place to get a haircut. Use the promo code RAMSTALK. It's a great, it's just a mini Rams museum, really. Open 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. most days, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday, they're closed. They're watching football again. It's 714-894-7267. Give him a call. The Golden Ram Barbershop. Okay, Jess, what I really kind of want to know at this point is what is the deal with your quarterback situation here? You're bringing in Blaine Gabbert now, and he's been solid. What What's going on there? I'm seeing you know, some, some clippings here from Bruce Arian saying he might actually be their quarterback of the future. What? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um. I'm going to go all the way back to right after the draft when it was about a week, a week after the draft that they signed Blaine Gabbert, which came out to be, it was first was like, what? Why? Blaine Gabbert? Then you, you have to think about, okay, if you're signing Blaine Gabbert to be your third string quarterback, that's better than, really, let's be honest, it's better than any other third string quarterback you're going to have on your roster. A guy that started 40 games and as bad as he's been in his career, uh, he's, got, he's got some terrible tape out there. Um, but looking at the, the, the carousel of third stringers that we've had on the roster here in Arizona, you go from Ryan Lindley to Logan Thomas. He's a tight end now in Buffalo. He doesn't even play quarterback. Uh, Ryan Lindley, um, and you've got Matt Barkley, Zach Dysert, none of them with any sort of promise at all. So you got a guy who was a number 10 pick, and then you, then you look at you know Bruce Arians, who has his reputation for being a quarterback whisperer, and you look at the players that he's had success with, Gabbert fits that mold. So he was in the top 10 pick. He has elite physical traits. So big arm, athletic, big frame. That is the type of quarterback that Arians always had success with. You know, they say he hasn't developed people. He takes the, the best quality, the, the, the most talented quarterbacks who have the biggest talent, the cream of the crop, you say, in terms of, in terms of abilities, and he turns them into something good. This becomes the the question: Was was Blaine Gabbert broken after his time in Jacksonville? Because he had he was on some terrible teams. He looked solid in the preseason. I didn't but read too much into it because he was always playing against twos and threes. And when you're a seven-year vet, you should look like you're the best player on the field against twos and threes on, on other rosters. And he did. He didn't look. He, he didn't mess things up. He was solid. And then he just sat on the bench. He's been inactive. He was inactive up until Carson Palmer's injury. He was the backup against um, Seattle. Then Drew Stanton gets hurt. And Drew Stanton hurts his knee, and that gave Gabbert the opportunity because they weren't going to go to Gabbert uh, if Stanton doesn't go get hurt. 
But they had in mind, and, and this is the thing that's been weird the entire time, is that from ownership to coaches to assistants, you've gotten this, this sort of vibe that they think that they thought, even back in the offseason, that Gabbard had the potential to develop into something special. Like, he could be, maybe, and he's learned the system. They felt that what he needed was some stability, because in seven years, he's had seven offensive coordinators, and, and they, they sound very much like a team that intends on having him back in 2018, because, you know, they would give him his second year in a row on the same offense. Maybe he is the answer, and the Cardinals have a history. The Really, the only success they've had with quarterbacks has been taken off the scrap heap. Kurt Warner, people thought he was washed up after after the Giants. And so they took him and built him back up. People thought Carson Palmer was done after his, his stint in Oakland. Nope, he, he came back and played at an elite level. Maybe this is the this is the time. I don't think the addition of Gabbert changes their plan on, on addition, potentially drafting a quarterback, but it lessens the absolute necessity to move up and get one. Uh, I believe he was a backup for the team in 2018 and could be the bridge starter guy if Carson Palmer retires, potentially. Um, and that's kind of, this becomes sort of an addition for that. And it's gotten good results because with Drew Stanton, people here know what he is. He's a solid backup. He has limitations. He can win games because he's done that. He's what is he, he's eight and three, is as eight and four as a Cardinal in his career, or seven and four at this point. He's won a lot of games. One of the biggest, actually one of the highest winning percentages for Cardinals quarterbacks in, in team history for anything over five games that they've started. Um, but he's he's 33 years old. Uh, Blaine Gabbard has a much higher upside, but we've seen the floor, and so this just becomes a case of. Is Gabbert really done? Was is the was the situation he in more? Was it is it talent? Is it between his ears, or was it the talent around him? And what we're seeing is that he still has a place in this league. He still has the talent and the ability to to do good things. And I think he'll be on a roster, probably the Cardinals in 2018. Is he the answer? I I can't. <laughs> After two starts, you can't really say that he is the answer, but he could be. Well, the fact that he could be after two starts and putting out decent numbers in those two starts, you know, that, that is a thought here. You know, if they, if they can find something in Gabber, all of a sudden they can focus on the draft somewhere else. If, they, if that's where they choose to go, they can put money elsewhere to get this team back in the playoffs sooner rather than later. How's the rest of the team looking right now? Well, in terms of right now, um, what can you expect from a team who lost its starting quarterback his starting running back, not only that, but one of the best running backs in football. They're starting left tackle and they're starting left guard. And then on the other side, you lost the starting defensive back. You lost their, sat, their, their 2016 sack leader. What can you expect from a team that lost that much talent? They're five and six and still kind of in the mix. So they're better than a case. If you take the big perspective, look at any team who, who if they were to lose that much talent. If you were to lose Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and their left tackle and uh, their second best pass rusher or even their leading pass rusher, what is this? What are the Steelers? But the Cardinals have kind of hung around, and it's it's been very frustrating because of the fact that they could actually have won games that they lost. They should have beaten this the Seahawks if they make plays at, at receiver. Uh, the Detroit game, you could argue, they probably should have won, especially though they played early in the game. So this is a team that should be six and five, maybe even seven and four, even with the losses that they've suffered, which makes 
the win this last Sunday, as, as, as sweet and as fun as that win was, afterwards you sit down and think about it, he's like, if that's what this team is capable of, it just makes it incredibly frustrating, the fact that they didn't do that earlier in the season. Now, what about the defense itself? The defense, actually, you mentioned it in the game, the first game against the Rams, you mentioned that they did have some opportunities. And it, it was a slow start for the Rams in that game. What are you seeing from the defense heading into this matchup coming off a win last week? Where the Rams pose particularly have issues is where well, they're going to pose problems is in the passing game. Because of the talented receiver this year and the scheme that, that they run, they've made the change to Tremont Williams, a cornerback, which is which has been fine. Uh, it's actually worked really well. It's, stabil- it's stabilized that second cornerback spot. Chandler Jones is having himself just an absolute monster year. He's now tied for the league league in sacks. Uh, he's got 12 sacks. He's got 25 quarterback hits, which I believe leads the NFL. He leads the NFL, I think, in tackles for losses. He had, he had five tackles for a loss last, this last weekend. He's just absolutely, um, just an absolute monster. And he's been dominating really every game, being incredibly disruptive. They just, their defensive line sometimes looks great against the run. So sometimes that front seven is great against the run, and sometimes they get gashed. And, and it comes down to their discipline. You know, if they can do that to Jacksonville's attack, a letter four nets, um, I think part of that's because they got the lead early. If they get a lead early, they are a much different defense. And, and I think I talked to you guys about this when I last showed up. Is The Cardinals are built and are very successful. They're, they're front runners. I think I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're front runners as a team. So if they get a lead or things go well early, it snowballs into more good things and their confidence builds. So if their offenses score points, then their defense is good. If they don't score points early and they face adversity on defense, then things sort of fall apart. That's exactly what happened in London. Uh, that looked like they were going to go down and score. They're going to get a field goal. They missed a field goal. They looked good defensively at the start, but then things just sort of fall apart thereafter. And then Carson Palmer gets hurt, and after that, it's like they gave up. And if they if they show the heart and like if they don't give up on a game, or if they they've shown finally that they can overcome some adversity and stay with it. But if they if they get a lead, they are such a much different team. And that's that's kind of the difference. If if they can score points, then they they make, they do things much better, and that's kind of the build, the big thing. Their defense has been playing better statistically. They're still not good if you look at the points and the yards. And eh. but if you can stop Leonard Fournette, you can limit at least Todd Gurley in the run game. Now Todd Gurley in the passing game, that's going to be a different story. But in the passing game, because you got Jared Goff, who's a much much better quarterback than Blake Bortles, you've got all sorts of weapons. That's where they're going to have to they're going to find some struggles. They have to be real disciplined there. Patrick Peterson has to take care of somebody. Tremont Williams has been solid, but it's in the middle of the field, your slot receiver, your tight ends, and your running backs where you can really hurt the Cardinals in, in the passing game. Now, where do you – I mean, well, one, let's go ahead. I want to throw this point out there. By the way, Blaine Gabbert did beat the Rams last year, well, at least – was a starting quarterback for the 49ers last year in week one when they crushed the Rams 28-0. Just wanted to throw that out there. They've seen Blaine Gabbert hurt them in the past. This current Rams team, you mentioned the receivers. You mentioned the the better quarterback, Jared Goff. What concerns you entering this game at home about this Rams team? I worry about the the, the pass rush, in, for one. Um, we got John Wetzel playing left, right tackle now. Jared Bill there moved over to the left side. So left tackle is kind of an okay shot. 
Uh, you always worry about the defensive front with Brockers and, and, and Aaron Donald. And then it, then for me, it's less about, uh, other than the, fr- the front there, because the defense, again, like, like we talked about last time, the defense is, is, is really the same personnel, the same talent in a different scheme. It's for me, it's that offense that has improved because we've seen defensive struggles. We've seen how good and, and the Rams have done things defensively, but they're so much better offensively now, both schematically and talent wise. It's can they keep Jared Goff from picking them apart? Let me tell you what's really got me concerned about this game. A, it's got trap game written all over it. Coming off a Minnesota game, coming off the, the New Orleans game, next week they have, they, geez, they have Philadelphia next week. This has the game to me that feels trap. It's just trap all over. This is a team that has not been in this position for a very long time. To all of a sudden have this, what we would call a trap game. The offensive line for the Rams against that defensive line, against Chandler Jones in particular, concerns me. It has not been as stout against the pass rush as it was to start the year. I, I mean, just last weekend we saw Jordan for the Saints just, just, oh my gosh, just annihilate, have the sign a couple of times. We saw the Vikings give them problems. And, and so I am getting concerned about especially the right side of the offensive line going up, going up against, you know, the Cardinals always, always do well against the Rams' offensive line. It just, it, it's about, it just seems to be what it is. You can say, well, hey, there's a good chance a Ram defensive line will hurt a Cardinals quarterback because it happens yes, all the freaking time. Yes, so <laughs> there's just always seems to be things that happen in a Rams Cardinals game and then just how it will shake out. I think, you know, again, for me, that's what concerns me is that offensive line on the right side matching up against you guys coming in and also, you know, establishing that running game. It was a problem last week. The Rams focused more on a short passing game to try and get what we would call that run yardage. And it worked against the Saints. I don't necessarily know that it'll work against the Cardinals, especially if they really continue to do what other teams have been doing, which is hitting Jared Goff. He's been getting, again, a lot more pressure of late. So that's what I'm seeing, and that's what concerns me. To me, the Rams are smarter if they can get into the Cardinals' defensive line early, gash them, and, and put this in a position where they have to worry about pressure coming from the Cardinals, especially in the latter part of the game. And the one factor that has I haven't mentioned yet is that it's kind of the same thing that led to the game, the early game last year, or the, even the game in 2015. And that's the revenge factor. The Cardinals embarrassed Saint, embarrassed the Rams in their last game in 2015. In 2016, they they made a point to talk about you know, the Jeff Fisher thing on All or Nothing, talk about what, what, what the Cardinals think about the Rams and their talent. And, and they came in and they were ready. The Cardinals were embarrassed in London with the Rams now leading the division. I think they're going to play, they're going to play with a little extra something. And so that's the other factor. It, it's not really quantifiable in any way, but one of the things that's haunted the Cardinals this year is just their, their heart or their, their play, their ability to step up and play mentally tough. And I think they won't have that issue this week. They're going to be at home. They're going to be ready. They're, they they were embarrassed by the Rams in London, and so they don't want that to happen again. So I think this game, at least at minimum, will be a very, very interesting game to watch um, one way or the other. Well, you can go back to it thinking how the, the Cardinals embarrassed the Rams to end the 2016 season. 
the great thing about a rivalry back and forth. <laughs> yeah. The great thing about a rivalry is you have to have, you have to have a long memory because you're going to beat each other up a lot. And there's going to be those days when they get you. And it's really interesting to me to see, well, it will be interesting to me to see how this pans out because I do believe it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be 33, nothing. I think the Cardinals are a better team than they were a few weeks ago. I think they're more prepared for it. Now that they seem to be getting it together, even though, you know, they're two and two in their last four, but in those last four, look at how those games panned out. They've been close. So they're fighting, and you're seeing some things emerge. Then I, I see the Cardinals' offense getting better, and they're doing much better with, of all people, like you said, Blaine Gabbert. But the Rams, they're having to do this without their best receiver right now, and they did it. 354 yards against the Saints. They're getting people involved that you know we wanted to see get involved all year, and now they're doing it. So I, I really, it's hard to judge how this game's going to go. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than I think many Rams fans will, will think it will be. It's going to be a divisional dogfight is what it's going to be. I, that's exactly what I expect. I don't I don't know which way it's going to go, and I don't, I'm not going to go into this game you know, saying the Cardinals are going to win just because they, they've been so up and down, and, and, and they've, they've proven to be a disappointment. They've only beaten one good team all year, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Every other team that's there, the only winning team they've beaten – They've not looked really good against any other winning team. And so, but that said, Blaine Gabbert playing well. They got a little bit of confidence. It's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a close game. It'll probably come down to the last few minutes of the last half of the fourth quarter. Well, let me ask you this. You're watching out there from Arizona. You're seeing this team kind of finally rise. They're 8-3, and three, this Rams team. How are the fans out there in cargo land seeing the Rams? How do you see the Rams and do you see them as legit? Definitely. Well, for two reasons. One, playing really well. And two, the, the rest of the division is falling apart. The Cardinals look like garbage most of the year. Seattle's defense just keeps falling. They keep losing, losing players. And so even though, I mean, Seattle's only a game back and Seattle holds the current tiebreak, it feels like, and especially fans here, they've conceded the division already. To the, they, really, the Rams are winning the division. That's kind of what the feeling has been ever since the game. And Lund's like, look, you know, that's, that's just what's it be. The Rams are going to win the division. Even that's just the way it feels here. You guys have witnessed bad Rams football for years. Will you take this team seriously moving forward? Do you think it's a one-year fluke? How, I mean, what is the overall feel for where the NFC West is going? Uh, you have to feel like they're they're not going to come in team because between the between the play of golf this year, to to the fact that Sean McVay has you know he's doing wonderful things in year one. Uh, just the the offensive turnaround. They still have the defensive talent. It, they are. It feels like the Rams are kind of the new, the new the new good thing. Like they are poised to to make a two three four year run in the division because Seattle looks like they've been in de- decline for the last couple of years. As good as they've been, they they still look like they're they're losing a little bit of gas each and every year and the Cardinals just fell off the cliff last year and they're really the Rams are the only team in the division that is in the right direction now when you mentioning all those things see you know, we talked about this last podcast didn't we about where where Seattle is uh, let me ask you this though for the Cardinals you broke down in a previous show where things are going next year but now of late we've been hearing some grumblings around just the overall NFL media that Bruce Arians' job is on the line. Is that the case? No, no, not at all. <laughs> That's not a thing at all. Uh, if Bruce Arians leaves after this year, it's because he retires. 
it's not because the organization is is unhappy with what he's doing. He's definitely earned enough uh, cred to to continue coaching. He will definitely be back in 2018. I think that'll probably be his last year. I think, but not because he'll get fired, but because he'll retire and move on. And and I think they're grooming. He's grooming one of the probably. I think they're pro- he's probably trying to groom a Byron Leftwich to be perhaps the next head coach. I don't know if that, that's how that ends up happening, if they kind of create the succession so that the offense stays in some sort of um, continuity. But no, uh, any any talk where Bruce Arians is on the hot seat is is complete, it's garbage. It's not true at all. They, they are all, they, they know they're going, they're riding with Arians next year. There'll be some changes on his staff. Um, I don't know how much of that will be brought, that will be pressure from the organization. There's some guys, offensive line coach Larry Zierlein, he's going to retire, uh, but there will be changes of the step. But don't, Arians, Arians is here next year. Anything to the contrary is is nonsense. What about your GM? Where is it, where, how did things stand with him? Oh, he's they, they love him. <laughs> they he's doing. I mean, there he's definitely had some misses, but there's there's no grumbling about his job security at all. At all. You know, one of the things I really was was a point of. Uh, I want to say discontent among you know the Rams nation out here was that they fell apart in 2006, 2007. They go through this horrible spell. They go through coach after coach, and it takes now 2017 before they finally start to get things right. Meanwhile, out there in Arizona land, you know you, you let go of you know this coach, you let go of that coach, you go to the Super Bowl with a new coach. You things you know. The team ages, things change. Warner retires. It, it should be a rebuild, right? It should be a real quick. I mean, not not. It should be something like what we went through. No, it wasn't like a one-year rebuild. And all of a sudden, you're back in the playoffs again. You're you're contending for a division title. I, you know, I don't really put anything past the Arizona front office. It's been great. You got that that team out there has been outstanding at building a franchise that's that's a credit to bruce arians the general manager i get his name for whatever reason just look steve kime yeah, steve kime to me if i'm looking at the division next year i would not surprise me to see it be not the rams and seahawks but the rams and cardinals fighting it out yeah that very much could be now the the x factor is is one that depends on the quarterback position for for arizona because without consistency at the quarterback position then they're a very mediocre team Russell Wilson is the X factor in Seattle for me. And as long as they've got him, they've got a fighting chance because, like I said, he's a magician and he would got too much credit. When he first came to the league and he was winning games, they had like an incredible defense and they had this solid offensive line and they've got this incredible running game. Now he's got none of that. His, their running game is trash. Their offensive line is garbage and their defense is falling apart. It's all Russell Wilson. This guy's a magician. He's amazing, and, and I hate to like him, and I just hate the fact that he's so good and, and he doesn't do anything wrong, and he's just perfect. <laughs> and and it's, it's very annoying that he plays for a team that my fan base despises uh, because yeah. that always gives them a chance. And as you know, they're always going to be in the mix because – his talent alone elevates that team. Like you see other elite quarterbacks, you see that from guys, you know, a healthy Andrew Luck does that. You see Tom Brady, you see Peyton Manning, those elite Aaron Rodgers, yeah. these these elite quarterbacks, they elevate the level of their team so much 
that it doesn't matter who you have around them, they're in the mix. What, you know, the scary thing too, though, is we never really want to ever wish ill on somebody. I think the true downfall of the Seahawks will happen, though, when that eventual injury does happen with Russell Wilson. And if they don't get that man some protection sooner rather than later, it's going to happen. It's not a question of if, it's a when. And, you know, he's one of those good guys in the league that even though you can't stand to see his team win, you can't help but cheer for him. Because right. he, is, he represents everything that's great about football. And I'm going to say it again, though. If the, if the Seahawks do not do whatever it takes to fix that offense, they're going to get that man hurt. It's not a question exactly. of if, it's when. That's exactly what, like like the Packers. And, you know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, as great as he is, it's, it's, they're going to ha- he's going to have a couple of season engineering injuries that will just devastate the team. Yeah, Jen, I hope that's not a knock on wood either for the guy. I really don't. Russell Wilson is... <laughs> The NFL needs stars right now. We've had so many, so many negatives that go on in this league this year, and you know, as much as I, as much as I'm sure we can bond a little bit of opposing team bonding here over uh, this, <laughs> this, you know, <laughs> this hate for the Seahawks. You want to see Russell Wilson be a representative for what we all know is is good about the game. Okay, hey, I know that time is running out over on your end. Let's go ahead and close. Final predictions. Do you have any? <sighs> I, I'm loath to do that this early in the week, and I'm not going to predict a Cardinals victory, not yet, uh, especially that they're down a few players. It looks like Dan Buchanan is going to be out. Corey Peters may be back. Josh Morrow is probably out. Kerwin Williams might be out. But that being said, if I had to, if I had to pick something right now, I'm, I'm going to say this game goes, it's not going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be, I think it will be like a 21-19 game. And one or the other. I'm not going to pick which team goes. <laughs> oh, oh, he rides the fence a little bit. I'm going to go 24-17 Rams. <laughs> I, I think that the Rams, this game is going to be close. It's going to be a one-touchdown game. 24-17 Rams, just based on you know, where this team is going, and I think we saw a lot of growth on our end this week against the Saints in terms of getting players more involved, working out some kinks with without Robert Woods in the lineup. So, again, I'll go 24-17 Rams. Let's hope I can not embarrass the Rams fan base <laughs> by getting that wrong. All right, this is Jess Root from Cardswire, USA's Cardswire. Real quick, can you give a shout-out to where people can follow you? Well, the site is cardswire.com. If you're looking on social media, you can find it on uh, cards underscore wire for the site account or me. It's Senor Jess Root, S-E-N-O-R-J-E-S-S-R-O-O-T. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, for the whole Rams Talk crew, this is Derek C. Apollo, managing editor, Cards Wires, and for Cards Wires, uh, Jess Root. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.
The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.